to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, here with Angelina Lawton, founder and CEO of Sports Digita. And I'm just going to say really excited to launch this new uh, partnership series, eight episodes. And we're going to start with Angelina, a little bit about her journey, her story, um, how she started Sports Digita, where we are today. We're about 10 years, am I correct? 10 years? Sure. Since we're coming up on 10 years. We're going to have our anniversary here coming up. So I'm pretty excited. Awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast and, and really excited to get going. Thanks for having me, Jake. Super excited. So let's, you know, every story, right? Every journey, um, you think about Sports Digita and what it has become. There had to have been some sort of aha moment or some sort of like, yeah, I'm going to go do this moment for you. Absolutely. So, and I do get asked that question quite a bit about what has my journey been. And so um, I really had me start to think about how I want to tell my story. So because I was doing some speeches and, and always having trouble, they came up with a really good kind of analogy or an idea for me on my, my life. And we actually thought about putting it into a hockey game scenario. So this is the best way to talk about my career is the hockey game um, scenario. So I would say period one was my Wall Street years. And the Wall Street years where I was right out of college, I went to Arizona State, and I was working for my father, who was a, a company owned out of London, a financial firm. So really working um, day in and day out with just a bunch of men, Wall Street guys in the financial industry, which was pretty intense. And so it really did give me a good preparation for what was to come. But I spent about almost, um, I would say, eight to nine years doing that. And that was really, really a great experience. So um, I would say my next, you know, in the first period was my Wall Street years. My second period was really the NHL years is when I um, got the opportunity after um, about 20, 2008 um, to go and work for the Tampa Bay Lightning down in Tampa. And that was an incredible experience. That was where the, really the, that true aha moment did come was when I was working there. So when I was at the Lightning, I was responsible for all of the branding. It was really anything with the logo on it, whether it was you know, a billboard, a radio or a TV ad, um, presentations, anything that had the logo really was game for what I was doing there. When I got there, it was really spread out. It was inconsistent branding and um, not really a, a, a cohesive team of people working together. It was kind of each department was doing their own thing. And so what I did when I got there was I actually created a, an in-house agency. Um, and that was really kind of the first of its kind in sports. And so the owner was pretty um, open and willing to let me do that. In that time frame people were starting to see that we were a department that everyone could go to for anything that they needed, um, promotion, marketing, content wise. And we put together, we started to put together the decks for people. And we had a lot of salespeople doing different decks and different looks, different logos. Even that was a time when the lightning, their logo was hockey bay. And which was crazy to me because you're in Florida, no one really knew what hockey was anyway. And now we're going to use that as our logo. So, um, started to really get the idea as more and more people were coming to us and helping with their pitch decks that first of all, A, I wanted to consolidate it. 
um, and really have kind of one person working on it. But then B, I really wanted to make it something better than what I was seeing. And that was just a bunch of PowerPoints, um, PowerPoints that were um, very linear and not a lot of pizzazz. And so I started to research, I thought to myself, God, I work, we work in the NHL, you know, sports is such a great industry, interactive, sexy industry, great content. How do we kind of bring that to life? And I, I searched around and I was trying to find someone, um, a company, anyone that could kind of help us kind of bring that to the next level. And I really couldn't find anybody that was doing that. So um, I was there for about two, two and a half years. And my husband was actually the GM down there. That is how I really got my start. My husband was the GM and I became um, close with the owner and his wife. And they are the ones that asked me to kind of really start this department. And so um, we got new owners, new coaches, and that meant a new GM. And, um, and that was time for my husband. We moved back home. And so I thought instead of I'm like, oh God, now I have to resign. I like, I love my job. I don't want to resign, but of course I'm going back. My family is coming back. So I said, I'm going to just kind of start what I wanted to do at the lightning. And um, cause I was going to start to do it internally, but then we left. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, if I can do this for the lightning, I can do this for other teams. And so I moved back, started Sports Digita and um, really was not thinking to be a tech company, a SaaS company, was really just an agency. I just wanted to create great, you know, decks. So um, that's really where my aha moment came. Was in those like that that second period of my NHL years. Um, and we can talk. I'm sure you'll ask me more about that. But that's kind of where that aha moment came. Well, and and, and go ahead. If I've if I've got the hockey analogy right, there's always an intermission in between. Oh, there is. Oh, yes, there is, and it's funny because I was asked this once before, and I didn't have a good answer, but now I do. My the, when we cleared the ice, I had three kids. So between the second and the third period, that was when I had my three kids. Um, I had well, actually, one between the first and second period, and then more. But um, it was really uh, like definitely a, a time where I kept myself busy. I was still. You know, I ended up getting my real estate license in between there just to kind of keep things going between career paths, between um, financial and my NHL. So um, third period is the SD years, which is what I call my entrepreneurship years. And that brings us up to about 2010-ish. And um, started here, we, we started as an agency. We had our first client really was the Detroit Red Wings. Um, the Minnesota Lynx was another kind of early on, you know, early partner but then it really came alive when the Minnesota Twins came on board and the Minnesota Twins were the ones that really there's a woman there by the name of Laura Day who's incredible and really I was just starting out and she you know she she really was she saw my vision as far as what I was wanting to do for presentations and she really gave me a chance and you know helped me work with them and she also really educated me on BAM I had no idea you know, what that was all about. And so I was lucky enough um, that I was able to, you know, be able to work in baseball. And so I went to New York really in my beginning years of SD and we got approved to be a, a you know, BAM vendor. And um, that was incredible. So that's kind of really where we got our start. And so what happened, you know, in those SD years was that teams started to see what we were doing for the twins. And it really, as you know, sports is a herd mentality. And it really kind of went from there. 
that and then kind of like the rest is history we work with hundreds of teams now you know colleges all, all the biggest brands in sports now well and and I, I wouldn't i'd be ashamed to mention or if i didn't mention that you know even outside of sports right like the tool has become this tech platform that is truly um you know it can be applied anywhere right with whatever presentation you're doing and there's so many different features we can certainly get into that but I want to start with there, there's always challenges and bumps in the road from being a startup, right? There's always going to be something that's an obstacle in the way. It isn't all just, you know, this smooth ride right down the highway. Um, so talk a little bit about the beginning years and just maybe some challenges that you face as a startup company. Hmm. I mean, those are endless for sure. Um, first of all, I had no business really running a tech company. And that's kind of probably my biggest takeaway from the early years is that I didn't transition quick enough when I saw that we were becoming more than an agency. So when I say agency, we were doing like microsites, like one-offs. But then with, with the success with the twins, we started to productize the DigiDeck. And all of a sudden, you know, we were we were a tech company. We were a platform now that people, we were like, well, we have to just, if we're, if we're everyone is asking for the same thing, we need to productize this. So I would say I did not adapt quick enough. And I didn't hire the, the tech people at the beginning, which I should have. I was still trying to wear my agency, like my marketing branding hat. And that's not what, what I should have done. So I always use the same analogy. I mean, I literally was flying the plane and building it at the same time. No questions asked. It was, it was, it, it was crazy. If I know now what I knew then, I don't think I would have done this. I, I think that I would have, there's just no way. Technology is such a difficult um, industry to, to break into, to find the right people, to manage your roadmap. It's just, it's really intense, really intense. As you think about the tech world, right. And, and just the, the nuances, right. And the ability to provide this service to, as you mentioned, hundreds of clients, what's the biggest, you know, piece of innovation as you think about your product and kind of the, the, you know, step one to step two to step three, almost if you think about your product as a hockey game itself, right? Period one, period two, period three. How are you going about that component? Well, I would say like our biggest game changing features, I think what you're asking me is really been in the last, you know, two quarters of 2020, just with what's gone on with COVID and the pandemic and things like that. So we have, we really moved up our roadmap just to kind of accommodate all the remote sales teams and, and workforces, but is that DigiDeck Live, which is, you know, we're already providing a platform for people, salespeople, marketing people to use. Um, why not be able to, you know, you have to click out of this then to go over to your Zoom. Well, what we've done now is we have built in our own Zoom into our product. And I would say, you know, that has been, you know, we've had a lot of great features along the way the best thing about our product is truly because we work with so many teams. It is a culmination of what people want in the NHL, what people want in the NBA, MLB. It's just like, it truly is, you know, we've got great partners and we've had, we have a really agile dev team. And so partnering with everybody, like people like HBSC has come on board. They pushed the envelope. Um, Brian Kalka, who was at the Yankees then brought us to BSC and now to the Islanders, like he's constantly pushing us. And so I would say that the product continues to evolve um, all the time, but because of our partners, but definitely DigiDeck Live is the biggest game changer for our product. And as you think about, 
you know, the, the last half of 2020 with COVID and what kind of the sustained future looks like in terms of how some business practices are changing and just even remote work as a whole. Um, how are you thinking about, you know, the Digitech Live component in terms of how it can, you know, if you put yourself back in your lightning days, right? Like, what would that have been able to do for you from a productivity efficiency um, perspective as well? Well, it would have helped me. I mean, I would have been able to keep selling. I mean, really, we have not missed a beat. I will say, and I feel, you know, people have asked us like, oh my gosh, you work in sports. Like, have you guys just been, are you guys getting killed? And I'm like, actually, no, actually the pandemic, if there is any, there's not, not a silver lining, don't get me wrong, but if there is like any little positive aspect is that our product literally has become like come into the sweet spot of what people need right now. And so we have allowed sales teams to collaborate, keep selling, generate revenue, everything that they're doing um, through our platform. I think that it also, you know, like you said earlier, we've gone outside of sports quite a bit. We've got, you know, a lot of our partners are presenting to these Fortune 500 companies and then they are coming to us. So for me, for us, the whole pandemic and what it looks like now, we, we feel that even going forward, just with this whole new landscape of selling, we are, we are really positioned great for that and to be able to help people. And looking forward, you know, you mentioned your 10 year anniversary coming up, obviously there's a lot ahead, but as you think about the team that you've built, right? And you mentioned earlier, you're flying the plane and building it at the same time. Um, talk a little bit about the approach on building the team and, and putting the right people in the right places uh, in order to be able to execute what you are at a high level. So I would say, you know, when people ask me what is the biggest challenge of, of being an entrepreneur, you know, running a company, to me, it's always the people. It's just, you know, we don't have to worry about the product because the product's in a really good place. We are we're a well-funded company, so we don't have to worry about that. For me, it's like it doesn't matter all the money in the world that you have. It's it's really hard to find the right people. So we have we have got two sides of the business. We've got our sports side. And now because of the success of the sports, we're moving over to the B2B side. So I've really got a strong both teams, but the one that's been in existence longer is the sports side. And so the big key there for me were to get individuals that worked at teams. That was a big seller for us. I used to have a the guy by the name of Brock Miser in the beginning years who really helped me. He was at the Twins. He was at the Mavs. Um, he was really the one who kind of really helped put, you know, Sports Digital on the map. And then we've got Christy Grady. We've got Doug Holtzman. We've got Tom Bowden. They've all worked for teams in whether it's on the ticketing or the sponsorship side. So that's been really um, a great mix of people. As we build out our B2B side, it's a bit more difficult. So for me, building out the 2021 is really about building out our leadership team. And then it's also to build out our B2B side. And now those are both really hard. Um, so I would say as far as, you know, the people that I've surrounded myself, obviously like the biggest thing and it's cliche, but it's so true is like, I have to find people smarter than me because I know what I don't know. And, you know, I've never run a tech company before. So, but I did have some pretty good training in the financial world and then in sports and all that. So it's a lot of um, a lot of training to get to where I am right now. Let's talk about the people component because um, it's from the perspective of, 
fostering a culture, right? And not only do you have to find the right people with the right talents and the right strengths and so on to get you from a business objective standpoint to where you want to be, but the culture, right? And building that culture and then also throw in a pandemic that then, you know, tugs and pulls and, and puts it in different directions from a culture standpoint. Just talk a little bit about that approach and, and how you've gone about building a culture from the ground up um, and how that culture maybe has evolved a little bit. So the culture, obviously, during the pandemic, it we, we've had such a big part of our growth during the pandemic. So it's hard. I've got so many new people here starting that have not really ever spent time in the office. So I would say that that's been quite challenging. I think that in the early years, it was always we were a lot of heads down. We were pretty intense. Everyone, like everyone here has that kind of same mentality that we want to win. But it was a lot of hard work, um, not as much like having fun as probably we should. I think we're getting more to that phase now. Like this is the first time, honestly, that we're getting swag. Like that was like a thing, like we're always been working so hard that now we're like trying to do more things as a group. We're trying to like be part, like being people, having people together. But as far, we're a very young culture here. Um, we used to be in the office. We're not anymore. So we're obviously moving to a more flexible kind of hybrid plan, which is hard, but Honestly, I think it's really hard right now to build culture when everyone's gone. And if that, you know, we're we're constantly trying to learn um, how we can be better. Um, I think it looks a lot different on the other side of this. That's one thing that has really taught the pandemic has taught me that people can do their jobs from home. Um, I do still miss everybody here. We do have like, you know, half half our team we can sign up to come in and things like that, but. I mean, the culture and what, who we work with in our brands and stuff, it's awesome. And the teams, like, especially like on the front lines, I've got a great team that works really well together on the front lines that onboards all of our clients. It's four women that work amazing together. Um, it's just, I like to see each kind of group here working together and helping each other. So culture definitely is, is difficult right now with the pandemic. So Angelina, you talked a little bit about being a, you know, a female leader in the business. And I think um, one of the most important components of, of however you get your start, right, is that mentorship component of someone helping you along the way, someone guiding you. Um, but it sounds like you, you, you've been able to be that for others, um, not only in your company, but then others in the industry. Talk a little bit about kind of your mindset on mentorship and then maybe um, how or someone might have helped you get to your seat now? So I would say as far as mentorship, that would be one of the key things most important for me in my career. And I feel like I'm finally at a point where I can start to give back on that. But I really relish in like helping younger women, especially when they are just leaving, you know, graduating from college on how to, you know, get into the workforce. It's been amazing to me how much, you know, just kind of the basics, um, that are not taught in college, but really just how to put your LinkedIn together, how to present yourself online, what kind of networking events should you be at, you know, finding other mentors. It just, it, I feel like there's not a lot of great preparation for these women. And so I've really tried to um, help through the colleges here. I helped through a high school here. My daughter has started a business club for young women. And that's just even picking the right classes for college and what kind of internships should you be looking at um, things of that nature. And then really, I get a lot of reach out and questions on, you know, how did you get into the business? What, what can I do? And so I love to take those conversations and I love 
you know, Krista and I, um, who helps me with all my um, PR and marketing, she and I really field a lot of those and we try to get through as much as we can. You know, most interesting was this last one that I just got was Lexi Brown. She is a player for the Minnesota Lynx and she went to Duke and she is really wondering how to get into the workforce and what to do. And it was just basically starting like, okay, Lexi, what is that? What does your online look like? Are you on LinkedIn? Well, no, she wasn't. Well, tell me about what kind of experience you've had. She's like, well, all I've done is play basketball. So right now I'm trying to help her kind of figuring out how she can parallel path her, her basketball career with starting to, you know, kind of shadowing mentor, um, mentorships, um, networking events, you know, she wants to stay in sports. So what are those conferences that she should be attending, you know, national sports forum or sport techie or ALSD, whatever. There's just so many things. So I love, love to mentor young women. So of all ages, high school, college, and then really, you know, into the business world. What's one tip you would have for other mentors as that you've learned from being a mentor? I think that a lot of people are fluffy with their mentorees. And I think that sometimes, you know, I, I, the same reaction I get from most of the people is like, wow, I've met with a lot of people and no one really ever told me that. And I think that, you know, you want to, these people, whether it's men, young men or women, they really need kind of hard facts in their, you know, uh, you know, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. And, um, you know, I think the last two meetings that I've had here in person, it was the same thing. And they, they, they come back and thank me. They're like, thank you so much for just being blunt with me. You know, like I will look at their LinkedIn. I'll be like, okay, this is not even up to date. We need, you need to do this or that, or, you know, it's, it's just a very, you know, it's a blunt interaction, but in a good way. And I think that they go a lot farther, um, quicker. And I do that actually with really the young people that work with me here, the young women, especially. Um, I'm super proud of, there's a group of, of young women here that are just absolutely killing it on what they're doing. And it's just like, they're, they take feedback well. It's a very you know, transparent culture. I think that's probably you know, back to your culture um, question. And so, and I'm just, I know that they're going to go all, all go on, whether they're at Sports Digit or somewhere else to be super successful. And I'm super proud of that. No, it's fantastic. And, and certainly- um, And Chris you know, is one of them. And, and yeah, and, and I think, you know, as you continue to build, right, the next 10 years and, and continuing to instill that culture, um, really excited to see what that brings. I, I wanna start to wrap this episode up with uh, the famous what keeps you up at night question, because I think uh, that's always, it always brings out an interesting answer and then we'll get, uh, get to some rapid fire. Okay. So I would say right now, what's keeping me up at night is I'm at a crossroads for the company and we are having some good success. And it's a time where do I start to take in, you know, outside money. And that's really what is keeping me up right now, because we have many people that are approaching us and really it's it's really been us you know on our own here for for quite some time but with our growth and what we want to do it's it's that time to consider that and you know I'm not really sure I, I'm I'm going to do that but that is really what's keeping me up at night um, it would change things dramatically as far as you know being a I don't think that we are a startup anymore I think we're really like in the fourth or fifth no, I think even a little bit farther fifth sixth inning of baseball, um, but for us to want to do what we want to do and hit that home run, I think that we're probably gonna probably gonna have to do that. It will certainly be it's it's an interesting crossroads to be at, right? And I think uh, a lot of learnings to come. 
Um, a lot of exciting things to come from it. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly keep a pulse on that one. Um, rapid fire, my favorite part of the episodes. Um, ASU, journalism. What was the goal with journalism? I mean, when you were, when you were in school sitting in class, were you thinking I'm going to be a writer for, for Sports Illustrated? I mean, what, where, what were you going for? Well, you're not going to like my answer because it's, it was a default because I hated math. So I was like, I'm not going to do math. I don't want to take any majors with math in it. And then really when I did, it was the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, but across the way was um, the broadcasting. And I was like, oh, I really wish I could do that. Um, so, so I was, I was kind of dabbling in that a little bit. Um, Aaron Andrews is a good friend of mine and her and I laugh about it. It's just as far as, you know, what, what, what could have been, but journalism was really, I, I am a good writer. Um, when I put my mind to it, I just don't have much time to write anymore, but kind of a default, unfortunately. I see a book in the future. I see a book in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it may take a little while, right? But uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, hardest thing about being a mom in the sports business? I would say just being, you know, with your kids. I think when I first started working all the time, my kids were not happy, but as they've gotten older, they've come to respect what I'm doing. And so I just think that guilt at the beginning or just not being there for your kids. Um, but, you know, I've got one of my sons now works for me on the sales side. And then I've got another son here who worked her interns for me. So they, it's been a great full circle you know, now they write papers and they're like, write about me. And that kind of makes me feel good. I felt, you know, they made me feel guilty for like the first five years. Right. So it's been good. Traveling. Uh, I would assume you, you, you definitely have travel in your DNA. Um, what's the best place you've traveled uh, as you've gotten to visit many of these teams and, and properties? Well, I would say that, um, in the U.S., I always love New York. New York is a great market for us. That and Dallas, both are really great markets for us. Um, outside of sports and like my favorite absolute place to go in the world is definitely the Amalfi Coast down in Positano. It is absolutely the best, best vacation, the best place we've ever been and one place that we'll continue to go. Favorite thing uh, that you're looking forward to doing in 2021 once you can travel? Well, it's actually going to Positano because we had our trip last year to Italy that we had to cancel because of the pandemic. So we rescheduled for this year. So my birthday's in July. So hopefully we'll be able to go then, you know, at that time. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. One, one, one other thing too, is like the biggest thing I've missed during the pandemic for sure is one is travel, but two is concerts. And I'm a huge country concert girl. So um, that I would, I just really, really miss going to concerts. All right. Well, what's your favorite country artist then? I would or, say right now. Were you more the Coachella fan where you got to go and see everyone? No, no. I mean, I would say right now my favorite is Old Dominion, but I've seen Zach Brown a ton. I love Kenny Chesney. Those are kind of my three top faves for sure. What's one that you haven't seen in concert that you want to? None. I just, I want to be able to probably go to those concerts that they do down in like the Bahamas or Cabo when the country artists go and do those really fun getaway um, kind of concerts. Those seem pretty fun. I don't know if it's too much, but it seems pretty fun. 
Well, nonetheless, you definitely get your uh, variety of music down there, whether it's Coachella or, or any of those others. Right. Um, Angelina, really appreciate the time, the thoughts, the perspectives. Um, excited to launch this series with you guys and uh, looking forward to the rest of the great content and guests that we'll feature along the way. Thanks, Jake. Super appreciate it. It's been fun.